that you shouldn't mess with the fire. Don't have to bitch. Boom shakalaka, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters around the world. Welcome to the most conscious podcast in the multiverse, the Crystal Journey Podcast, the podcast where we discuss weird science, freaking magic, esoteric mystery schools, as well as Bitcoin and bitches. We speak about social issues and the things that are pulling on the heartstrings of this planet. Oh! How about that for an intro? Ladies and gentlemen, be sure to like this video, subscribe, click on the bell, tell your friends, tell your mom, drop us the comments, let us know what it is. If you are watching this on YouTube, you're not going to see much of this. Uh, I'm going to be posting all of this, all the juicy content on Rumble, on Odyssey, and you can access this through the RSS feed, through Spotify, through Apple, where you can get the audio, the real crisp, clear, juicy audio, and really get an insight into what's going on. Because ladies and gentlemen, unless you have been under a rock, you can't speak about Jack in this day and age without getting censored. I have been censored all over YouTube to the point where I don't know if my YouTube is going to be up much longer. I've decided to not feature any of my videos on YouTube besides maybe just a few short edits. And uh, bottom line is I've decided to Start doing my podcast in a new format where you guys can tune in, obviously on Rumble, on Odyssey. But for the most part, if you want to get the full extended podcast, you got to come to my Spotify. And obviously appreciate if you guys want to check this out on Patreon and support me there. If you want to support me by paying as little as $1 a month in order to stay up to date with what's going on in this Euclidean meat space reality, as I like to call it. Uh, on another note, I want to say thank you to everyone that has been tuning in. I know I've been a little uh, sporadic with the video posts as of late, uh, but I'm going to be trying to do this on a more consistent basis. I also want to say thank you to this very special lady, Fee, for coming up with the artwork for my podcast. I recently updated the artwork, so you guys uh, can check that out. I'll obviously be able to see that if you were checking this out on the Spotify's or the iTunes. And uh, also, thank you, Thee, for the amazing artwork you've done on the cover for my new book, Vegan Prince, Warrior King. Shameless plug there. Check it out, where I talk about being a warrior in the 21st century, not only to all the beautiful people we share this planet with, even those that are trying to forcibly boom shaka luck us, <laughs> but also being a champion to uh, the most innocent beings that we share this planet with, our fellow earthlings, the animal friends, and so forth. Ladies and gentlemen, Let's get down to business. Oh, we got a lot to cover on this podcast. This is going to be a solo podcast. I usually like to have another person, um, but you know me. I have a big mouth. I like to talk about a lot of important issues. I feel like there's a lot that I, I have to say. So I want to do a solo podcast and speak about some of the pop culture issues we're facing in regards to some of the uh, more... Uh, Pressing issues, the hot-button issues, as the people in the media like to say. All right, so first of all, I want to address something. I came across an article, right? This is hilarious. Now, I need to preface this by saying that if you are new to the truth movement, to the truth, to what we call conspiracy theory information, then uh, brace yourself because you are not going to feel comfortable listening to me rant about this. If you were one of these people that are under the opinion that the government has your best interests at heart, despite all of the efforts of the government to keep you locked away in your home for a boogeyman that has a mortality rate of less than 0.1%, 
and to forcibly, coercively inoculate you with an experimental boom shakalaka that is having the highest mortality rate that we've ever seen in the history of vaccines. And you think your government loves you? You think your government loves you by forcing you to do shit? You love this government, government me harder mentality? Govern me harder daddy? That's your attitude? Well, then you were probably not going to enjoy what I have to say. But let's let's delve into it nonetheless. All right. So I came across an article that shows that we are seeing an excess amount of debts. The Australian government should be urgently investigating the incredibly high 13% excess death rate in 2022. The country's peak actuary... Ugh. Can't read this properly. What are we saying here? Country's peak actuarial body says. So essentially, we've seen a massive increase, 13% excess death rate. And we got the Australian government, amongst many of the momos, wondering, look, man, I don't know what it is. What could it possibly be that is that has led to this increase of deaths? So... <laughs> Over the last few years, we've implemented the biggest mass vaccine campaign in the history of the world with an experimental vaccine, right? That openly, <laughs> openly, and this is the frustrating thing, doctors won't share, share this with you, openly has one of the uh, side effects being death amongst over a thousand adverse reactions. This is with the Pfizer, Moderna jab, and the list goes on. Um, this applies to the AstraZeneca vaccine, pretty much the... Pretty much all of these vaccines, all vaccines pretty much have some, uh, I don't like making over, overarching generalizations, but all of the COVID vaccines, yes, the, with the COVID vaccines, they have some side effects, but specifically with the, and I say vaccines, but these things are not vaccines, let's be clear about that. But the point I wanted to make is that they have clearly express, expressed side effects and they're experimental. The trials don't end until 2023. They're only authorized through this Emergency Use Authorization Act because the government apparently deemed that this was a serious enough threat because they were having their pockets lined with a lot of cash by Pfizer. But despite all of this, rather than looking at the, the culprit, the, the obvious culprit, they're, they're pro projecting this narrative like, oh, I wonder what's going on, mate. Why are all these people dying? I mean, we know that there have been... I mean, and this is the frustrating thing. Openly, they record this. We we know for a fact this is based ostensibly off of the data, right, from the TGA, from VAERS, these governmental sites that are professing that there has been an increase in, in vaccine injuries and so forth. In fact, openly, we know that since 1971, there have been... We, we've had more injuries, adverse reactions, deaths, all that kind of stuff over the last two to three years since the roll out of this vaccine than we've had throughout the history of modern vaccines since 1971. So over the last 30 years, we've seen more vaccine injuries from these vaccines than we've seen in the history of all of the vaccines of the last 30 years. And this is clearly leading to deaths. I mean, one of the biggest insurance companies, Lincoln National, has reported there's been a 163% increase in payouts to, for, for people that have been injured by vaccines. Deaths, should I say. And we're pretending that this is not a, this is not part of the equation. And where is it? I'm sure there are a lot of and this is the frustrating thing. When you hear when any sane person which should hear something like this, there should be some level of doubt. 
Because I know like, I could, you could throw on the, the mainstream narrative opinion. Oh, look, this is just conspiracy. just blowing it up. You know, oh, yeah. Yeah, some people might be getting injured, you know, but, but it's not really that much. But any sane person has the level of doubt to realize that, yeah, this is probably going on. But the Momos can't admit this to themselves because it's very difficult to acknowledge the fact that you have been fooled. It's a lot hot. It's a lot easier to fool someone than convince them that they have been fooled. And this is what we are experiencing right now. People do not want to accept this idea that their government has persuaded them into taking something that is extremely dangerous. And the writing is on the wall. Look, granted, there, there are some people that didn't have access to this, and we've seen such a powerful uh, psyop, in addition to a massively coercive regime. There are I am actually under the opinion now that a lot more people are aware of what's going on, if not consciously, then unconsciously. Uh, but they just don't want to acknowledge it. I, most, most of the people that I speak to truly are aware on some level. I do see a lot of momos, don't get me wrong, that truly have no idea, at least openly, but most people are aware of it. And it's just so concerning the fact that this stuff is still going on. Senator Rennick made a speech that went viral recently where he, he brilliantly explain what is going on in no unequivocal terms in regards to the link between the de the deaths that we've the increased deaths that we've been seeing and obviously the vaccine anyone that's watched the documentary died suddenly that has gone viral over the first few days i think it had more than 4 or 5 million views clearly it shows that people are aware of what's going on here the fact that embalmers have been reporting there has been a dramatic increase in clotting and some moments have been saying, oh, this could be through COVID. But they're finding that this is happening specifically to those that have taken the jab. People, and their thing is, there is so much information coming out in regards to this. Of course, we're still seeing this massive censorship. This is the biggest problem that we are facing right now. I'm jumping from one issue to another here, but these issues are all interconnected. The censorship, the vaccines, the, uh, the social dis-ease that is undergoing because people are feeling the effects of being uh, cut out from their friends and their families. And you, if you're anyone like me, you're probably dealing with a lot of personal strife because of the discord that's been created from the people that are supporting you being uh, violated, essentially. And look, this is, this is the angle that I always look at this from. Because granted, we can speak about the facts in regards to the, the science, right? Which is unequivocal now. Even the mainstream has accepted, to my knowledge on official channels that the vaccines do not prevent transmission. This was outlined clearly uh, by Senator Rennick's speech. It's been outlined by many official figures in many discussions. But nonetheless, we are still implementing these mandates. There is something really sinister going on when your governments are completely disregarding the Constitution. In Australia, mate, the federal government has ruled that you cannot mandate vaccines. Nonetheless, we're doing it. We are not supposed to have a society that forces people to take any kind of substance. I mean, this is something that has been established within the first world. The Nuremberg Code outlined all of this stuff. But people are just ignoring us. We live in a society that has disregarded the laws and is simply just a group rule mentality where enough people, the collective will of the people is such that I believe, and I think it's pretty clear to see this, that the vast majority of people want to be daddied harder. 
And therefore, despite the fact that there are all of these these laws in place to prevent tyrannical governments, to prevent politicians from forcing us to undergo these experimental jabs and lock us in the homes and so forth, the vast majority of people are just saying, well, look, we want this for our safety, and then come up with all this rhetoric, all this nonsense to... And it's all this... Acting. You know, it's an act. It's, uh, it's, it's the color of law. They create this masquerade that this stuff is acceptable. They come up with these these fake laws to, to show that they have the right to do this kind of stuff. Whereas the reality is no police officer, no politician, no government entity has the right to coerce you as an individual or you as, an indi- as a business in order to take any experimental substance or do anything for that matter if you are not impeding on the rights of anyone else. This is the basis of natural law. And look, I don't care where you come at this from. I mean, I know this is probably going to offend a lot of people because a lot of people think in terms of, well, you know, we got to be we got to be somewhat proportionate and look at safety. But as far as I'm concerned, ladies and gentlemen, that, that safety argument has gone out the window. One, it, it should never be a justification for violation of anyone's rights. And it really, from a rational standpoint, it doesn't make any sense because there is no real risk. And most of you guys, this is the frustrating thing. You haven't, all you're doing, right, is rather than even checking these stats, right, if you dispute something I'm saying, well, how do you know it's low? Because I've had a look at what the mainstream has even reported, right? And I don't even believe that, but I'm having a look at what the mainstream has reported, right? And it's still very, very low. But what people do, what the people in the mainstream do is they just pretend that things are very significant and no, and don't actually quote any of these statistics. They just tell you, well, it makes a lot more sense for you to get an experimental jab that has all of these side effects, right? They don't say that. Then to, uh, to run the risk of getting COVID, oh, because COVID is really dangerous, without people actually doing the math in their head. This is what I'm always noticing from people. They just hear what someone is saying without listening to what they're actually saying, without verifying. Trust but verify. Fair enough if you want to trust your government. I, I, I'll be the first one to say, yes, some, I think sometimes the governments do get it right. Absolutely. There, but a lot of the times, the governments get it wrong. But it doesn't matter. You should always verify the information. And absolutely, these governments do not have a right to be coercing you to do this kind of stuff. This is the most frustrating thing that I've seen over the last few years, um, the tremendous coercion that has taken place. And I want to be very specific about this because this is something that I've noticed that people within both the truth movement and both the uh, Momo leftist daddy me harder movement misrepresent. And this is the concept around coercion. If an individual business or an individual for that matter does not want to let you in their business because you've had the vax or you haven't had the vax, that's fine. Now, granted, it's not fun. I don't like that stuff. It's an ultimatum. But as soon as you have a situation where you are, you, the government is forcing people to do something, to take an experimental jab or wear a mask or do anything when they're not violating anyone, right? And they're saying, unless, of course, you do this, you're not allowed to work. You're not allowed to continue your business. You're not allowed to enter this establishment. When that coercion is being initiated by a government, or anyone for that matter, so someone is telling you to do something that you they don't have a right to restrict you from doing, so someone telling me that I can't leave my home, it doesn't matter if that's a person or the government. They don't have any right to do that. That's what the government has been doing. They've essentially put the gun, figuratively speaking, but effectively, told businesses that unless, of course, you get this jab, you cannot work, you cannot do X and Y. 
And this is the issue. And this is not just going on within Australia. This is going on within pretty much all of the Western countries. This applies to the United States. This also applies to the UK, whereas they haven't had any of the coercion that we've seen ostensibly here in Australia, like telling, telling people they can't enter public spaces and so forth unless they're jabbed. That, for one, I know was implemented in even my hometown, Ghana, at a stage, just around the time that I was looking at flying there. But uh, the universe had it such that it wasn't my time to go there. I think they got wind that I was coming down, I was going to cause too much trouble, and decided to lock me out and, and implemented this policy where they were going to vaccinate people on site once they arrived to the country. But anyway, yeah, even in the UK, they were implementing policies where you could not, you, you, could, you essentially couldn't run your business unless, of course, you'd taken this magic potion. To my knowledge. I mean, this is, this is a fact in regards to them pushing for the vaccine passports as a way of trying to get people to take this with the threat that unless, of course, you took this thing they were going, unless, of course, enough people took this thing, they were going to implement this vaccine passport. Now, granted, they didn't go ahead with that, but this is the nature of what's been going on. All of these overt and sometimes more subtle tactics of conversion have been used in order to get people to take this jab. Now, that kind of conversion is, sorry, that kind of co coercion is completely unacceptable. But the other kind that we are seeing, that a lot of the you know, a lot of people are calling coercion, like people saying, look, I don't want to interact with you because you haven't taken the jab. That's annoying, it's ignorant, but it's still absolutely their right. See, I'm consistent with this kind of stuff. You can call me a lot of things, ladies and gentlemen, but the one thing I always strive to be is consistent in my application of these ideas in regards, and this, these aren't my ideas, these are the basic tenets of what we call natural law, common law, human rights, um, before they were obfuscated by the the progressives and so forth. And fundamentally, we are in a situation now where the government is taking it upon itself to be the arbiter of who gets to have rights. And it's all proportionate. Well, we don't we don't think it's a good idea that you have the right to uh, step out of your home because, uh, look, you might, you might be exposed to something and transmit it. Oh, well, mate, oh, fine. You won't transmit it, but you might hurt yourself. So you're not allowed to leave your home now. That stuff is ridiculous. So I just want to get that out of the way. But I also want to speak about the other kind of government coercion that we are seeing at the moment, which is the censorship of information. And I want to, get, I want to make this clear because this is another thing I see a lot of libertarian, libertarians, more kind of freedom-oriented people making arguments for. And I want to completely, utterly dismantle these arguments because, once again, I'm not, on side, I'm not on the side of the left. I'm not on the, on the side of the right. I'm on the side of freedom, truth. This is why a lot of people get twist, get this shit twisted. They hear me making arguments. They hear my argument and say, oh, well, your argument isn't in line with what I believe, so you must be on the side of the other people. No, I, I just try to be consistent with this shit. What we are seeing right now in regards to censorship is not cool. It sucks. We are having these big corporations that are essentially paying these businesses. This goes to Twitter. This goes to Facebook. It's still going on. Granted, we've seen some massive improvements with Twitter, and there is no one. As of November the 23rd, they'd actually, they, they've decided to lift the uh, censorship in, in regards to misinf medical misinformation. So essentially, you can say as much as you want in regards to uh, what's going on with the, with the vaccines and all that kind of stuff, and you're not going to be banned, suspended. At least that's what they've implemented. However, the fact that they censored the documentary died suddenly they prevented you from being able to uh, directly access that uh granted you could still share it 
this was my experience, but they put some kind of censorship restrictions on that. Uh, and it makes sense, considering that the, the Twitter's still taking a lot of money from Pfizer, but make it very I want to make this very clear. Twitter has a right to be taking money from these organizations, right? If, you, if you're one of these people that says that they shouldn't be allowed to take money, right? Now, this, this is something called the fungibility of money. If we make this argument that you can't take money from an organization because they have committed horrible things, and you take that to its logical conclusion, fundamentally, no one can take money from anyone because that money, whether it is crypto, Bitcoin, this is the argument the status make, that you shouldn't be able to transact with that because it's ill-gotten, that the uh, the drug dealers, the, the, the child traffickers use that money and so forth, when the reality is there's no way of de definitively delineating between whether or not that money has come from uh, uh, someone that's committed something that's horrible somewhere down the line, right? So when it comes to the fungibility of money, this is an established idea that we do not hold someone accountable for ill-gotten gains. I mean, granted, we do this within the legal sense, but within a natural law sense. If we are going to say that you are not entitled to receive money from that person because that person or that institution has done some horrible things, we, can't, we cannot have any kind of transaction because it's, 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 it's almost impossible to delineate between money that has been ill-gotten and that which hasn't. And we're all responsible to varying degrees of having done horrible things. So when people make the argument that you've received money from an organization that is, uh, is illegitimate, fair enough. But if you're going to further make the argument that as a result, you should not have any rights and you should have your rights suspended, it does not make sense, at least within the worldview of any kind of libertarian or natural law sense. Uh, but I, I say this because I find people that are advocating for these companies to be restricted, that these companies do not have the ability to decide what they do with these private companies, right? And granted, people say that these companies are not private because they're receiving funds from government institutions, right? That's unavoidable. And there's nothing inherently wrong. If I am a recipient of money from an from a person that has done bad things or from an entity, be that a government or a business, that has done bad things. That does not restrict me of my ability to actually make decisions on what I do with my business. I still have my human rights. That is not a direct violation of violence. It would be different if that organization was, was, was paying you money to do something that violated someone's rights. For instance, paying you money to, to kill someone, do something that was actively wrong. Then obviously you committed transgression and you need to be held accountable. And you can make the argument that that company that has received funds to commit something that is immoral, that is in violation of someone's rights, not something like censorship. Every business has the right to decide what censorship they have on their platform. And I say this because we moved into this worldview where... Many of the people that are advocating for freedom will not acknowledge the fact that these organizations, these entities, have the right to censor whatever the fuck they want. The frustration is with the untransparent nature of what they're doing, saying that they're, they believe in freedom of speech when they're actually doing everything but that. And recently, we've had a situation where Elon Musk has decided to censor Kanye, Mr. Ye, for apparently hate speech. Now, I want to make this very clear, because I've been trying to decipher what the hell is going on here, because, look, obviously Kanye goes on the Alex Jones show, makes a lot of outrageous accusations, says that he supports Hitler, says something like, especially Hitler, uh, when he was confronted, when he made the argument that obviously he loves everyone, he's got his Christian ethic of loving everyone, and everyone's done good and bad things, which is true, 
But then he went on to say that especially Hitler. Now, granted, this is a subjective point. Like, to make the argument that you think Hitler is especially worthy of being, worthy of being called a good person is, to any sane person, utter garbage. He went on to deny the, 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 the genocide of the Jews, all that kind of stuff, right? Not the figure per se, but just outright went on to deny it. And, this, and if you're going to say something like that, you need to back it up. And did not make any attempt to do anything like that. He just kept on making these outrageous accusations in regards to, uh, one, that Hitler was especially a good person, which is more subjective. Touche, I'll give you that right. But then went on to, to make the argument that Hitler invented uh, the, the microphone, that he invented highways or something of that nature. And there's, last I checked, I couldn't find anything substantiating that. So bottom line is it's, it's very concerning. But it's interesting that after he went on to say this stuff, right, after he posted an image of this, of the SWAT sticker, and we call this the SWAT sticker, right? But it actually has, from what I understand, it's it's one of these symbols that has many different interpretations, as many symbols would. A lot of people attribute this as being the Nazi symbol, right? And what's interesting is that Elon Musk came on to say that, let me quote him here, because Kanye was banned from Twitter, which is understandable, right? But the the justification that he was banned from Twitter for violation of hate speech, which is what I think has been put forth, makes no sense. Because you sharing a symbol is not hate speech. And we'll go into the origins of, the, of this image that he shared in a second, right? But even the idea of sharing a symbol, right? I mean, unless you're actually inciting violence, so you're calling for the death of people, it's not hate speech. And I know Elon Musk has this understanding, because he's someone that does have a classical understanding of the concept of hate speech. But you actually look further at what went on here, and Elon had recently shared some images of, sorry, Kanye had shared some images of Elon with his shirt off. And I think that, I mean, these guys are supposed to be friends, so you're supposed to be friends here, and you're sharing images that someone doesn't really want online. And he's went on to say stuff publicly that is just egregious. So, personally, if someone did that, and I was the owner of a big corporation, I'd be like, bro, fuck you, get off my platform, this is ridiculous, right? But the frustrating thing here is that Elon makes the argument, right? And this is where it gets really kind of, well, <sighs> annoying because it shows a lack of integrity. Elon said, I tried my best despite that he again violated our rule against incitement to violence. His account will be suspended. Musk tweeted after West's suspension. Now, he didn't state exactly what it was that Kanye did that was incitement of violence, right? But m most people have intuited that it was the sharing of the image, and that's, there's no grounds to that. The actual image, let's be clear about this. A lot of people think that that's a Nazi symbol, right? The actual Nazi symbol was taken from a very esoteric symbol known as the... Now, we call this the SWAT sticker, right? It has its origins within the, the Indian Vedas. This, 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 uh, this symbol is supposed to represent the sun. It's known as Surya, which means the sun. I often say Surya Namaskar, which means I salute the sun. It's a Vedic uh, phrase, uh, Sanskrit says, phrase, rather. It is basically supposed to represent divinity, good health, right, prosperity. But what the Nazis did is they took that symbol, they inverted it to a 90-degree angle, and then it has become associated with the, the ideas that we see within Nazis, Nazism. Now, 
Elon didn't share the Nazi symbol. He's actually shared the symbol of the sweat sticker with the star of David around that. And this is just this is just me analyzing that symbol. I don't know definitively if it was that symbol that got him banned from Twitter. But to be clear, the symbol has nothing to do with the Nazis. It's actually a symbol that has a much older origin. And interestingly enough, when you have a look at the, the symbol with the Star of David around it, it's actually the exact same symbol as what's known as the Realism symbol. Realism is a religion, interestingly enough, that deals with ufology. The founder uh, was uh, Claude Vorlhon, a French guy known as Rael. And uh, Realism is a cult. It denotes the belief in UFOs, that essentially UFOs, maybe I should be a realist, a realist of some sort, because it speaks about the idea of how human beings essentially have their origins from extraterrestrials. And this is actually, this is the, the idea that's put forth by the, the ufologists, or anyone that I would say has actually studied ancient occult history, has this understanding that humanity has had many iterations, and that essentially human beings are... <laughs> Uh, to much, much of the dismay of a lot of the conventional uh, fundamentalist Christians and so forth. In fact, I would say there's a lot of truth behind the story of Adam and Eve, but if you take it literally, you lose the meaning. But when you were making reference to Adam, you were actually making reference to a group of people called the Adama, that were the first humans that were essentially biological beings that were created from uh, these beings known as the Anunnaki, and this is something that is corroborated within the ancient stories of uh, the Enuma Elish. This is modern-day Iraq, and this has been written about in many different societies around the world, telling of a very similar so story. So regardless of whether or not you're using the uh, the account from the, 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 the ancient Sumerians or the Egyptian accounts or the Dogon tribe in West Africa or the, the Tuatha Dé Danann, the stories of the, the ancient Celts, they're all making reference to how there has been involvement, or extraterrestrials have had involvement with society. And it sounds far-fetched for people that are not familiar with this kind of knowledge, but for someone like myself that has been studying this since the ripe old age of nine, and is deeply invested into the, the knowledge, the accounts of this kind of information, ladies and gentlemen, I would say that there's actually a lot of legitimacy to it. And it's the uh, it really is one of the occult... Uh, hidden secrets in regards to the origins of mankind. But essentially, without even realizing, and I don't know if Elon, sorry, if uh, Kanye is aware of this, this symbol, but he's basically showing a symbol that really gives people an insight into the real history, the real nature of who we are. I think it was very inadvertent that he's put this out, but that's the reality. And Elon censoring this is ridiculous because he censored this symbol, right? The realism symbol, thinking that it's, oh, well, I, this is just an ignorant thing. People see a symbol like that and they think, oh, it's, it's incitement of violence. But this is the problem with this kind of thinking. People have this mentality that a symbol means something. This is why I try to be very specific when I use words, and I always try to use the word in a way that represents the original meaning because the original meaning of this symbol that he shared has nothing to do with the progressive understanding or the, the meaning that is attributed to it in this day and age. And I'd, I'd actually even make the argument that it's not the meaning that's been attributed to this image. It's just Elon projecting an obfuscated understanding of what this image is about and said, oh, this, this is a Nazi, this looks like a Nazi symbol, so this is an incitement to violence. And, you know, I don't even, I don't even buy that. I think what's really happened is Elon, because I, 
I don't think Elon is an ignorant person. I think he actually has a really good understanding of history and a whole bunch of things, particularly when it comes to the philosophy of of law and regards to what actual incitement of violence is and so forth. But I think he's just done this thing because Kanye is too much trouble. Kanye has shared images, which is understandable that he doesn't want shared. And it's like, bro, really? I put you on this platform out of my generosity. We're supposed to be friends. And you come out and you share this thing and you say all this stuff publicly. How do you think this is going to affect Twitter? How do you think this is going to... Because here's the thing. Look, I'm not trying to be some kind of like a fanboy of Twitter or Elon Musk for that matter. I'll call him out when he does things that I don't agree with. All the stuff he's done with the Neuralink device, totally not down with. That stuff is fucking gross in terms of the, the testing he's done with animals. I'm all for the technologies. I'm not one of these guys that wants to restrict people having access to these technologies because fundamentally I believe in freedom. But the way in which he's going about bringing this stuff about, totally not down with it. It's fucked up. I don't want many, just in case you were not aware, many of, of these animals have actually died. I made a video about this before I had to take it down from YouTube because I couldn't risk them coming after my videos and so forth. Um, the, relating to COVID misinformation. So you won't find it there, but you can find it on Odyssey, no doubt. But I did make a video discussing how Elon has done a lot of the testing on animals, and many of them have actually died because of the test that he did with the Neuralink device and so forth. But that being said, I just wanted to outline the point that, yeah, I speak about people negatively and positively when they do positive things and when they do negative things. I'm not into judging people per se, but I am into judging the actions that they do. They do. In regards to this issue here, I think what's happened is Elon has just not taken a shine to the things that Kanye has done recently and has decided to kick him off of his platform. Now, I would say that, granted, he has absolutely every right to do it. It is a private platform. That's unequivocal. I, these momos that want to make the argument that, oh, look, it's a government organization because he's received some money from government, you guys are making an absolutely morally relativistic argument here if, that if you apply consistently to yourself in terms of receiving funds from illegitimate organizations or people that have done bad things, you only end up sounding like a hypocrite. This is why you need to make consistent arguments. That being said, I'm not down with it. I do not support censorship whatsoever. I don't think I don't like it. That being said, there's a difference between not liking something and accepting the fact that someone has a right to do something. And yes, Elon has a right to kick people off his platform. What he doesn't have a right to do, though, is to maintain, and this is fraud, that we are only taking people off because of X and Y reasons, if you've actually performed incitement, and then to come up with some bullshit justification that you've performed incitement when you haven't performed incitement. That's not legitimate. You see, that's how you argue this thing and maintain your integrity. But I find so many people wanting to make this, so many people get caught up with wanting to argue for their side. They don't think about the consistent arguments that they're making. They just make ridiculous arguments and then they get carried away thinking that it's justified. No, I absolutely abhor the idea of censorship. Um, however, you absolutely have a right to do so. And that's how you make a consistent argument. I, for one, if I had a company, let's call it uh, uh, Chris Shitter. <laughs> Chris Shitter. <laughs> and I wanted to uh, have people tweeting, but I didn't want people tweeting anything that I did not like. Yeah, I'd, ha I'd definitely have co codes Make it very clear. I wouldn't make them vague like Twitter or YouTube does. Make them very clear. And if you're saying shit, like you're sharing pictures of my my, my large my large penis <laughs> out on Twitter, I am going to boot you off the platform, understandably. Or if you were saying things that I just don't like, I want, I'd make it clear. Look, I don't want people condoning the torture of animals on my platform. And if you violate that, I'm going to kick you out. I have a right to do that. 
Now, granted, that is a form of censorship, but because it's within a private company, I have a right to do that. Anyway, I've spoken enough about Kanye, the censorship fiasco. And also, just on a little note, I know that recently Kanye, Nick Fuentes, and Milo Yiannopoulos, this guy is making a reappearance after being secluded for a number of years, met up with Donald Trump. And I, I love how these things are so blown out of proportion by the media. A lot of people got mad at Donald Trump. Now, I want to make it very clear. I find people like Donald Trump very entertaining. I, I, I just, I, I love entertainment. I don't support them because I don't agree with their politics. I don't believe in people that drop bombs on people for any reason that's unjustified for this whole safety argument. Donald Trump, granted, he dropped the least amount of bombs out of the last few presidents over the last decade or so. Um, he's still someone that a advocates for for national defense, right, by bombing these countries with lots of brown people. I'm not down with that. That's like a definite. I rule anyone out, any president or any official that condones that kind of stuff, I rule out as someone that I support. Um, that being said, the reasons that a lot of people dislike him, I don't dislike at all. Like, I don't have a problem with him being so boisterous and outrageous and arrogant. I find that stuff entertaining. Or the, the whole wall thing, not down with. But look, my point is, in regards to the, this whole thing that blew up with Nick Fuentes, Kanye, Milo Yiannopoulos, and so forth, the idea that someone, even if we take on this media narrative that Donald Trump met up with Nick Fuentes, right? Who, by the way, I'm not a big fan of him. The guy is very knowledgeable, very charismatic, but has a lot of uh, views that I do not subscribe to, this whole white supremacy kind of like white power kind of stuff, which I have seen him reference in terms of... Uh, and look, there's nothing wrong... I don't have a problem with people being racially motivated in terms of like believing that white people should be segregated from black people. I'm not even saying he endorses that, but making a point in regards to how you feel as if white people are oppressed and so forth, that's not my issue. What I hate is the authoritarian nature that he promotes. Um, this idea of wanting to punish people for victimless crimes, which I've made him reference many times on um, various interviews that I've listened to and so forth. But the idea of... Donald Trump meeting up with someone like that, just meeting up dinner for dinner, that that's somehow going to justify Donald Trump being not worthy of being someone in power. Bearing in mind, I don't think that this guy should be in power, period. I don't believe in any kind of authoritarian figure whatsoever. But the fact that so many people have taken such an issue with that, like me, like the idea of someone simply meeting up to have dinner. I should have, I should have the the right. Yes, I will say it. To meet up with dinner with anyone, even freaking murderers like uh, Obama or Hitler. Now I don't like these people. Obviously, I I think I I prefer to meet up with Obama. He's more charismatic, no doubt, than Hitler. But the idea of simply meeting up to want to have a discussion with these people to figure out what they thought doesn't make you complicit with their horrible deeds. Sometimes the best way to prevent something from coming about is to try to understand the point of view that someone has. But the fact that we see so many people immediately assuming that just because you want to meet up with someone for dinner, that's supposed to mean that you are complicit in what they believe. And here's the, the truth of the matter is Donald Trump, we found out, actually had no idea in regards to Nick Fuentes being there or even who he was, right? But the media jumped on this idea that, oh, Nick Fuentes is a white supremacist and... Uh, Donald Trump meeting up with him, that's a horrible thing and so forth. I just think that entire way of looking at things is fucked up. People choosing to associate with someone doesn't mean that they are complicit in what 
the person that they are associating with supports. That's a very myopic way of looking at things. It's a, it's a very generalist mindset that a lot of people that don't have clear thinking uh, tend to implement. And this is the kind of stuff that I tend to stay away from. That being said, that being said, ladies and gentlemen, I do find it somewhat disconcerting that we have figures like Nick Fuentes, Milo Yiannopoulos, that are coming out and showing their adoration of Donald Trump. And, uh, sh and <laughs> I find this interesting. I listened to a podcast with Milo, Milo Yiannopoulos and uh, Nick Fuentes, Kanye. Kanye walked out of this podcast within 20, 25 minutes, I understand. And uh, obviously, he took issue with Tim Pool not wanting to address his idea of the Jews being the problem. He walked out within. Granted, he did say at the early stage of the interview that if he wasn't able to use the term the Jews and without having this question, I paraphrase, right, but w without being questioned in regards to the fact that it really was the Jewish people that are behind why he's being targeted like that, he was going to walk out. And he walked out shortly after once Tim Pool questioned him on who these people were, whether they were Jews. Just the whole idea of Nick Puentes and Milo Yiannopoulos, after that whole fiasco, being so fervent towards their support of Donald Trump. And here is a man, look, granted, look, there are many positive things I could say in regards to the things that he has he has done, like standing up against the, the stupid narrative, you know, of woke culture and uh, not wanting to pay lip service to the media and so forth, like doing his own thing. However, I find it very disconcerting that Donald Trump is someone that has openly been advocating for these jabs. Openly, still does. Now, I think there's probably a lot of inside politics as to why he, he is doing that, but the reality of the situation is any president, any official that is going to be pushing these things right. Now, granted, in fairness, Donald Trump has not been advocating for the mandates to take place, but even promoting this stuff, uh, when you have another official like DeSantos that has been openly standing against all the mandates, has been openly saying all the right stuff, and to hear figures like Milo Yiannopoulos say that he prefers Donald Trump, thinks DeSantis is, you know, just a, he's basically a, an arm of Israel, didn't really give any good justifications in the podcast that I listened to as to why he feels that way. It just shows that this is really a game about popularity, that these people don't really care about principles, what these people are fighting for per se. They just care about whether or not the, the, the people that they're going after are popular or they're liked enough by them. This is what I see within the willingness of people like Milo Yiannopoulos to be so fervent when it comes to their supportive figures like Donald Trump. And I see the same thing with Nick Fuentes. Um, it's, to me, it, it doesn't seem like a game around actual principles. It's more about my team. I'm going to support my team because this person at the moment identifies as a Christian or a conservative or whatnot. I'm going to support this guy fervently, regardless. And uh, anything else anyone says against them, I'm going to deny. When personally, I think it's incumbent upon us to be, to have enough integrity to, to, to criticize the people that we even like. Not them per se, but their actions. I mean, there are plenty of people that I like. But I will still criticize them if they do something that's wrong and out of line. And I think it's incumbent upon us to do that. I see this world at the moment where we're all playing this cult game where we want to only support 
individuals that are within our group. I see the the leftists, the vegans doing this when they're moving. You know, there are there are so many vegans out there. And for someone myself that I, I've been rocking this vegan thing longer than ninety nine percent of the people that are even broadcast on this stuff, and I have a much deeper understanding of this stuff than most of them do. However, I don't make I. However, one of the things that I find consistently is uh, at the moment, and correct me if I'm wrong if you don't experience this, but I see so many of these vegan activists that are advocating for mandating these jabs, which is absolutely morally reprehensible. They ignore the fact that many of these jabs, the vast majority of them, that applies to the Johnson & Johnson. We definitely found that out um, through a whistleblower with the Pfizer jab, actually have aborted fetal cell lines that have been tested on animals. And... <laughs> The fact that so many vegans are willing to support this, support this jab, right? Look, that's one thing. I mean, look, I understand. In regards to wanting to take the vaccine because it's been tested on animals, I mean, I can understand people objecting to that definitively. But in terms of the knowledge that has been obtained from that, I mean, at the end, of the, it's kind of like fruit from the poisonous tree argument. We have this information at the end of the day. We not, we're not going to benefit from it because it's been, uh, it's been gained through ill practices, if we take on that argument, we might as well not be able to do anything in history because everything was was gotten through some kind of ill means and so forth. But that being said, I still find so many of these vegans advocating for mandates, advocating for the government to force people to stay in their homes unless they get the jab, to force people not to be able to do anything, X and Y, unless, of course, they get these jabs, which is is very inconsistent with the ideals of nonviolence. And I understand that a lot of people don't see nonviolence in terms of coercion. This is one of the biggest problems. A lot of vegans have this mentality. They look at things consequentially, and they make this argument that, well, their actions are leading to creating a better, more harmonious environment. That's why they've chosen not to eat, eat meat and so forth, which I subscribe to. But at the heart of this issue is abstaining from the principle, abstaining from doing things that are violating people. It talks about, I'd say, veganism fundamentally talks about the principle nature of harm, of not harming people. It comes from the concept of ahimsa, do no harm. And the idea of believing that you can somehow force someone to do something, force someone to take on a substance through coercion, Telling someone that unless, of course, you take a jab, we're going to fine you. We're going to lock you up and so forth. That is an indirect form of violence, but it is still very much a violent form of action. And the fact that I find more often than not, so many vegans don't delineate between these things, between these two modes of violence. The violence that comes about through the consequences of what you've done versus the violence that comes about through choice, coercion. This is the, the worldview of someone that believes in human rights. This is one of the issues that I find that, uh, well, I have with a lot of vegans. And I think it's incumbent upon all of us to not just buy into an ideology or a group because the, the motives are just, but to have a look at whether or not that group is complicit in doing things that are not just. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, we're moving on to an hour now. A few other issues I just wanted to briefly touch on here. I think I've covered most of this stuff. But yeah, let's let's elaborate on the situation with the most important issue, which is the mandates, the jabs, the 
depopulation program that we are seeing at the moment. Now, I wanted to touch on this. I'm going to touch on this in more detail with uh, my next podcast with my next guest. Uh, but in New Zealand, we have a family at the moment that has a child that has had their child essentially kidnapped. I don't think it's happened as of yet, but they got some kind of court order where their child is going to be removed from them because they have wanted to get their child a, a trans, transfusion, blood transfusion from unvaccinated blood because the science objectively, unassailably shows at present day, and this is based off of the records that have been released through Pfizer, that the vaccines can increase your rate of myocarditis. They show this when they test. Of course, the doctors don't openly talk about this, but if you dispute me in what I'm saying, have a look at the documents yourself. I'm more than happy to share them to you. This is something that is incontrovertible. It's just something you don't hear about in the mainstream, right? That yes, and it's well established that yes, having these jabs can increase your likelihood of myocarditis, pericarditis, and so forth, but what it's generally framed around is that, oh, it's very, very minor, and it's much better for you to do this thing than not to get the jab because you might get COVID. This kind of nonsense, subjective argumentation people make in regards to safety. One thing is more safe than another, right? Now, there is a there is an absolute legitimate reason for these children, sorry, these, uh, this family to not want their child to have this blood from vaccinated people because there's a lot of evidence that has come about lately that people that are experiencing blood transfusions from vaccinated people are inheriting the same problems that those that have been vaccinated get. And I understand that people are going to make the argument that they're, all, they're these technologies that filter out everything. That's bullshit. There is no technology that is going to be definitive. It's going to be 100% effective in preventing um, anything for that matter. And it's here's the thing. This is the fundamental argument. These ch- parents have a right to decide whether or not their child gets a blood transfusion from someone that is vaccinated or unvaccinated. Granted, I would also say that these private companies, they get to decide whether or not they want to go along with this. But the fact that we've had the government come into place and say that because we are so offended, because this has been a public thing in New Zealand, right? This has been something that's been going on for weeks, probably months. But because of this case raising the issue that unvaccinated blood is obviously a lot safer, it's definitely wanted, there is demand for this because there is more and more science coming to the uh, fruition that vaccinated blood comes with many, many risks. I mean, you only need to watch the documentary Died Suddenly, which I hope every single one of you guys has checked out to show that many of the people that are suffering these uh, these weird anomalies within their body, they found dead, have been the recipients of transfusions from vaccinated people. I mean, that there is enough for me to go, what the fuck? In fact, I decided, ladies and gentlemen, I'm not getting any blood transfusions in the future from any vaccinated people. Any blood transfusions, period. I mean, I wouldn't want to take the chance. It's such a weird thing. I decided to start storing blood in my refrigerator, my own blood. <laughs> well, maybe not. But I know that it's, it's definitely something you can do um, where you actually can organize to have your own blood stored. Because if you're someone that has a rare blood type, um, sometimes it makes a lot of sense. Because in the event that obviously you, something bad does happen to you, if you have your own blood on stock and you generated this, uh, you can obviously benefit from this. And this seems like a practical thing to do, right? Like, why wouldn't you just, over time, store your own blood? 
so you don't have to play around with someone else's blood that might have some kind of crazy, weird pathogens in it and so forth. But obviously these doctors have not been thinking about providing solutions that would meet the, the needs of this, this family, this child. Because the, the, the real issue here is that this child may, apparently they need to get some kind of surgery, unless of course they get this blood transfusion, they may not be able to get the surgery and so forth, and they don't want to get um, the blood transfusion from anyone that has uh, vac that has been vaccinated because this child has a rare uh, heart condition and obviously them getting vaccinated blood, that could exacerbate the situation, so forth. But it's so frustrating to me that hospitals at this, at this point in time, and this goes to most corporations, they're more concerned because at the bottom line is money. These hospitals, as you'd imagine, they're funded by, if not governments, but by big pharma and so forth. Once again, don't have a problem with that. That happening does not delegitimize de de the ability of that private institution to make decisions on itself. That's being consistent. However, it is still kind of gross, the fact that these private entities are not willing to work with this family to try to offer other alternatives. Like, hey, look, how about we store up your own blood over time or we find people that are willing to give their blood that have not been vaccinated what they care about more than anything is not setting this precedent that vaccinated blood is dangerous and contaminated so what we've seen now is the new zealand government come into play right because this issue has been watched by the entire world and obviously there are interest groups that are going to uh benefit or suffer from the decisions that are made by this hospital and so forth but the the government the new zealand government has come into play and said we're going to take your child away from you because we don't think you're making the right decision which essentially violates the rights of that parent they're not doing anything irresponsible they're not they're not form, uh, performing any kind of aggression on that child they just made a decision an informed decision which if you actually look at all the data and you realize that there are risks that are clear in regards to any kind of transfusion from a vaccinated person. It's actually the the smart, diligent thing for a family to do. And I'd actually go on further to say that any parent that is getting their child vaccinated, now granted, I understand that they deem this to be a good th decision based on the information that they have, and unfortunately, there are a lot of people that aren't, aren't, are uninformed in regards to what's going on. We all have access to different information here. But yes, they are the ones that are actually being foolish they're the ones that are being irresponsible now granted it's due to a lack of awareness that's why this is this is something this is the kind of issue that is so complicated and tricky and we need to be compassionate understanding in regards to what's going on because the reality is a lot we are in a situation now where a lot of people are not being given the right information now granted there are a lot of us that are a lot of people have bought into this uh, this dream spell. And then a lot of people that just have not been made aware of what's going on. And this becomes evident based on the conversations I have. Some people just don't know in regards to some of the dangers of these jabs. That's why it's so incumbent upon us to, to have the confidence to, to speak out against this injustice. Because as long as we don't, I mean, granted, evil happens in the world. I want to make this very clear because of evil people make that very clear. People that are actually violating people, that are coercing people into doing things against their wills, they're the evil people. But it continues because good people, people that know what's going on, people that have the ability to do what's going on, choose to do nothing or say nothing. That's how it continues. And that the latter is more of a subjective argument, and the former is an objective argument. But it truly is 
the reality that as long as we don't speak out, the longer this stuff continues, the longer we live in a society where many of us are going to, many of our friends and families are going to be recipients to uh, these jabs, and it ruins their lives. And then people like you and I, we end up having to bear, bear the weight of those decisions because on some level we're all going to be trying to, I would presume, helping those that have been maimed by these vaccines. So this all, collectively, it is something that we're involved in regardless of whether or not we, we deem this choice as being ours or not. We all suffer and it's incumbent upon us, I think, if we are truly working from a place of anahata, not only to have the, the fire to stand against the tyranny, but to have the compassion to try to help those, to educate those, and to continue illuminating the minds of those that have been deceived by this dream spell. Ladies and gentlemen, freaks and geeks, let us know what you think in the comments below. Remember, as I always say, that there are three things that cannot remain hidden for long. The sun, the moon, the wisdomatic truth bombs of yours truly. Uh, I want to encourage you guys to check this out on the Spotify. You won't be able to hear the full uncensored version of this thing unless, of course, you do. I'm going to be having some more podcast guests speaking about a range of topics and speaking quite plainly about what is going on. Oh, i got to tell you, it is so refreshing to actually be able to speak without watching every single thing that I say. You may or may not have noticed this, but in the past, many of the podcasts that I've had to do do have been massively censored. I've had to censor myself because I want these things to to come about on these platforms. But obviously, it's just the nature of things right now. Um, that's why it's incumbent upon us, I think, to promote these platforms that aren't censored and also to, uh, to have the courage to speak up, speak the truth, even if our voice shakes. Until next time, peace be upon your butt cheeks, peace in the Middle East. Be sure to check us out. I am everywhere. I'm on the Spotify's. I'm on the TikTok. You can check out my music. I'm on Spot. I have my music on Spotify as well. Not just this podcast. Uh, you can check us out on the TikTok. You'll find me serenading the Senoritas, and you can check out a catalog of podcasts. I've been doing this thing now for over over ten years, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, this is gonna. This is a new season that I'm starting right now. Uh, the podcast has taken on another iteration. I feel like we're in season. I'm going to say season four. This is the season four of the Crucial Journey podcast. I'm taking on a new approach to this. You guys can access the full extended podcast, obviously on Spotify, on Apple, but you won't be finding the full versions on YouTube because of the censorship. And it seems like that is going to be the format moving forward. Uh, be sure to let us know if you if there are any interesting guests that you think would uh would like to come on the Crucial Journey podcast. At the moment, I would be really eager to interview some embalmers in Australia to really uncover what's going on here with these uh, with these blood clots. Hey, eh? be good to get some firsthand direct uh, uh, accounts of what these embalmers are experiencing. And uh, yeah, anyone that wants to speak about society, spirituality, but also bitches and bitcoin, as I like to say, technology spirituality, and society. These are the things I cover on The Crucial Journey. Until next time, Surya Namaskar. Namaste. Peace. Like this notion of liberty, for example. What is liberty? And I think that concept of the will is very important.
example. What the? Who says you can't build muscle on a vegan diet? Now you can be the same, or you can be the change. Fall straight from inside, break through the chains. No one to blame, nothing What's it like being a hottie in the vegan community? Bitcoin will not work as digital gold. Engineering, technology, these arts of humanity, they are magic. Everyone deserves the same uh, uh, chance, the same treatment, the same respect.